0: I'm Renee and um, it's so great to be with you all again this Sunday and isn't it awesome that yes we may not be gathering in one building but we are still able to gather in this way and so I'm stoked to be here and to bring this message to you today. Um, I love this series at the moment it's all about you know practicing in the ways of Jesus and it's such a crucial series it's so important for our lives because as Christians if you call yourself a Christian uh, the meaning of that is that we are followers of Jesus. We're followers of Christ. And so it's really important that we understand what it looks like to follow Jesus and in His ways. And so we've been um, talking about community and this week we're going to talk about practicing in the ways of forgiveness. And Jesus, He really showed us how. He, he really knew how to practice in the way of forgiveness. And if you read the gospel, you will find story after story where Jesus shows us the importance of it, or he does it himself. And so we can take his lead and we can learn what it looks like to live a life of forgiveness. And so I want to start by sharing with you a scripture in Mark, Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And if you've got your Bibles, you can grab them out. Otherwise, um, it'll be written on your screen. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Let me repeat that. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins just by reading that one scripture alone we can see how important forgiveness is it literally unlocks our own forgiveness and so we need to take hold of this message today of the truth of god that comes from his word so that we can live a life in the fullness that god had intended for us i want to pray for you all just right now because i know that this is a big one And for many, this can be a really confronting subject. So let me pray for you before we go any further. God, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that today as we receive your truth, we would have courage that comes from you. Holy Spirit, would you be with us and would you guide us? Would you give us ears to hear and a heart open to your truth, Lord God? I pray, Lord, that it would be your message today that would be spoken, Lord God, that I would get out of the way, Lord, so that your message would be told today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so we're going to hear a little bit more um, later on in this message about what Jesus shows us in the way of forgiveness and a story about where he literally does forgive others that have hurt him in his life. But before we do that, I really wanted to set up a little bit of a framework of forgiveness so that we can get started and we can get on the same page of understanding what forgiveness is all about. Firstly, I really want to acknowledge a group of people here that may be listening to this message. I want to acknowledge those that have been hurt in the most horrendous way. Maybe you have endured great abuse, something that no person should ever have to endure in their lifetime. I wanna say to you that that was not okay. And today we are not minimizing that abuse and that hurt in your life, that trauma or that loss. We are not minimizing that today. I wanna let you know that I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It breaks my heart to think that people could treat you in that way. And so today I wanna acknowledge you. And I wanna say from the get go, it is not okay. And, it's, and this message is not about denying what happened. It happened, and we're not here to minimize. But I ask God, I've been praying for you all day, all, all last night, that God would be with you as you receive this message, and that you know that our hearts are for you, and we love you. You know, um, there's a definition of forgiveness that i found found um, that, a whole group of psychologists had sort of put together and have come to an agreement on. Um, This definition reads like this, forgiveness is often defined as an individual voluntary internal process of letting go of feelings and thoughts of resentment, bitterness, anger, and the need for vengeance and retribution towards someone who we believe has wronged us, including ourselves. The important thing to pull out here is that it is an individual, voluntary, internal process. You see, it's not about freeing the other person. It's an internal process that we go through ourselves so that we can release ourselves from that hurt, so that we can relieve, really release ourselves from that event. And so this is a process that we as individuals step into voluntarily and go on the journey of looking at letting go of some of those things so we can walk forward and in, in freedom and let go of all of those feelings that can hold us captive in our lives and psychologists also say that there's some really incredible health benefits of of forgiveness it's they say that forgiveness can lead to a lot of stress in your life and and we know that there's a lot of um a lot of health Um, concerns that can come out of living a life of stress. And so they would would say that even heart disease can be prevented by living the kind of life of forgiveness. They would say that it can reduce symptoms of depression, it can reduce symptoms of anxiety, that it could actually build your self-esteem and give you a more positive outlook on life. Forgiveness has incredible health benefits for us when we let go of those things that have come and offended us or hurt us in any way. Also, I'd love to talk about really quickly about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not tolerating something. It's not suppressing something. It's not denying it ever happened. Forgiveness is not condoning something. It's not saying that it was okay. Forgiveness is also not justice. It's not that feeling that you get when that person who hurt you from work got fired, or, or maybe that person that really hurt you um, in the most violent way got sent to prison, or maybe somebody got a fine. It's not that sense of justice that you get. That is not forgiveness. That is not that kind of moment. Forgiveness is not also not reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two parties, and it is not always possible. Both parties must be willing. And so sometimes we've lost contact with with the person who has wronged us. And so reconciliation is not always possible. Maybe there's a safety issue for you as to why you couldn't reconcile with another person. And so forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is awesome if it's possible. And I absolutely recommend it if it's possible. But it's not forgiveness. And so, we can also understand when we hear that, that forgiveness becomes a little bit of a process in our lives. That it's not something necessarily that can just happen overnight. In fact, psychologists say that there's often two types of forgiveness processing. One type is more of a decision-based process where you use your willpower to actually make a choice that today you're going to forgive. And by your willpower, you're able to forgive that situation or that person. But this is not always possible. Sometimes for those really big situations and those big hurts, just a simple I've chosen to forgive doesn't quite suffice. And we need to go on to a more of an emotional forgiveness type process. And this process is more of a process which involves replacing some of those feelings of anger and resentment and bitterness with layers like empathy and compassion and a greater understanding or a greater awareness of our part to play in that situation. And so an emotional process of forgiveness can take a little bit more time. And I want to say as well at the beginning of this message that if that's you, that you need to go through more of that kind of a process, please don't do it alone. Make sure you tell someone. Involve people in your life that you can trust. I always recommend counsellors and psychologists don't do this alone. And so for some of us, we need to go on that emotional process of forgiveness. But today where I really want to camp out in is the power of God. Because you see, as Christians, we don't have to do this alone and we don't have to do this in our own strength. He gives us His Holy Spirit so that we're able to walk in this kind of a way. So we're able to walk in forgiveness. And so today I'm going to talk a whole lot about the power of God and the Holy Spirit at work in us so that we can forgive, so that we can forgive fully in our heart. And so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna hear more about the story of Jesus. And I wanna to flip towards the end of his story, where um, as if you know the story well, you'll know that, that towards the end of the life of Jesus here on earth, he was wrongly accused and and people betrayed him and. It, and it was horrendous the type of torture he suffered. And he was under all sorts of abuse. It says that he was whipped for our transgressions. He was completely beaten up, blood running everywhere. He had a crown of thorns put on a head. He was mocked. And then he was told that he had to carry this heavy cross after being beaten like this. And he was carrying this cro- cross up to where he was crucified. He was nailed on the cross with nails. Can you imagine? And then he was left there to die. He was mocked. And after all of this, we can see if we look in Luke 23 and we can read the story for ourselves and I totally recommend you should do that. Take that scripture and go and read it. But if we go to verse 34 in Luke chapter 23, we will read one of the most powerful moments in this entire Bible. And that is the moment where Jesus looks down and all of his accusers and his torturers, all of his mockers, he looks at them and he says these words, Father forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Father forgive them, for they don't know What they're doing. They are some powerful words and an example that seems hefty for us in our own human minds and especially for those that have been through some very big times of abuse and trauma and loss. Those words seem really hard to follow but today I want to give you some truths that you can take hold of to know that it is possible through the power of God. And the first point that I wanna talk about today is the commitment to forgive. You see, practicing in the ways of forgiveness often looks more than just good ideas that this is what you're gonna do in your life or just dreams of of what could be. This takes an intentional commitment. And so we've gotta be committed to forgive. In Matthew 18, verse 21 to 22, it says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So here is Jesus and he's saying to Peter, Hey, it's not about just that one time. It's not about just for that big moment, that very obvious thing to forgive, but it's a constant way of life that you would walk into a a place where you're committed to forgive and you would keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving 70 times, seven times. So we become committed to forgive. And this is really, really important. This is really important because sometimes when we're forgiven, we can be triggered by things that remind us and take us back to that moment and we have to once again say, no, I've forgiven, and I'm going to stay in that way. We stay committed to that choice that we've made. Sometimes, you know, we've got to understand that there is an enemy out there. Satan is out there, and he doesn't want you to walk in the power of forgiveness. He understands what we were reading before in Mark, where, where, where we, we heard that Jesus was saying, hey, you need to forgive those who's wronged you so that you will be forgiven. You see, the enemy knows that power. He knows that truth and he doesn't want you to walk in it. And so if we understand that, we need to know that in life, it'll be like lots of little interactions that we've got to remember, we've got to choose to forgive and keep forgiving and keep forgiving. It's a, sometimes a daily basis. And so it is a commitment to forgive. The second thing that I wanna talk about is that we've gotta get a godly perspective on our situation. We've gotta get a godly perspective. You know, I was remembering a time where um, our family, my husband, Steve, and we've got three children and we love to camp. We, We go camping like every summer and um, we were in a tent this particular summer and our three kids were quite young, all t- like teenagers now, but they were all like babies and we had like one in a portico and you know two little ones in um, stretches and we're in a tent and if you know much about New Zealand summers you would know that they're not always predictable and so we're in the middle of summer in a cyclone and we're in a tent and really we are off the grid like we're we've got no cell phone reception we're miles from anywhere and so we are really just in the mercy of the storm and so steve and i were literally up the whole night we were holding the tent poles the whole tent was just violently shaking and we are up and we are holding these tent poles And I do not know how, but our kids seemed to sleep through the whole thing and thank goodness they did, because we were too busy anyway, holding these tent poles so that the tent didn't fly away. And I remember there was one moment, I was probably incredibly sleep deprived by now. And I was like, this has got to not be as bad outside. Like this just can't be this bad. And so I ripped open the tent and jumped out. And when I got out into the storm, what I experienced was so different than what I experienced in the tent. All of a sudden, I just got this bigger picture. You see, before, all I could think about was just this, this little tent and holding this tent together. And then when I went out in the storm, I realized, oh no, I've got options. I can move around in the storm. Yes, the wind is crazy and the trees are going forward and the sea looks so stormy, but I've got options, I can move around and all of a sudden I got this sense of freedom out there. We could jump in the car and we could go for a drive. We could even hang out in the toilets with concrete walls. We had options we could move around and the experience was completely different. And sometimes that's what it's like for our lives. When we stay huddled in the tent, it's like staying in that unforgiveness and it keeps us trapped inside of that situation and inside of that hurt. And then when we come out through forgiveness, we start to see a bigger picture. You know, sometimes to be able to come out into that bigger picture and get that perspective that God has given us, that God would give us, we've got to start looking at our situation in a different way. Maybe we need to um, actually contemplate that there is a grief process that we need to go on the journey of. You know, for me, I guess my natural bend is to be quite positive and optimistic, and this can really trip me up at times. Because what it can mean is that I don't see the hurt for what it is, and instead I suppress it or I deny it. And then, and then I'll walk around and someone will say something and I'll wonder why I bit or i wonder why it felt sore all of a sudden. And that's because there was actually a grieving process that I hadn't fully gone on because I hadn't actually accepted that there was something to grieve, that there was a hurt there to grieve. And so maybe for some of you, there is something that you're still sort of in a little bit of denial over and a grieving process needs to take place. You know, I was walking around in this, in some kind of self-deception where I didn't realise that I needed to go down that process. And so maybe for you here that's something that you need to do and you need to ask God God is there anything that I have suppressed in my life that actually I need to look at I need to feel that hurt for a moment so that I can move through the grief process so that I'm able to come to a place of acceptance so that I can then forgive and as I said earlier this is not something to be done alone please make sure you tell someone please don't do that alone Because that can be a really hard process to walk through and it can be even worse when you're doing it alone. And so maybe for you like me, it would be that place of, whoa, I've got to work through this hurt. I've got to identify it so I can come to that place so that I can forgive. Maybe for you, it's a a time where you've got to be honest and this is not an easy point to make but it's a time of self-reflection where you need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest before God and humble yourself and say, God, what did I contribute to that event? What did I contribute to that situation? You know, so often we can think of our past as something that is fixed. And in some ways it is, but not completely. You see, we can change the, the entire narrative around our past. It's not necessarily static. We can start to see things in a different way when we start to understand what we need to own in those situations. Perhaps, perhaps it's what we did that would contribute to the that desperate need that that person felt that they were in. Maybe um, you need to contemplate the context of what was going on in that situation and perhaps the story around that other person and maybe their childhood and what contributed to what they had done against you. See, I love what what Jesus said. He said, forgive, for they know not what they do. You see, he looked at his accusers and, and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They don't know that they're actually just falling into the enemy's traps. They don't know they're actually just, under the whim of of the enemy and they're just rolling out his plans. They don't know the truth, they don't fully understand. And so in this moment, Jesus layers an empathy over that situation and is able to see it with a godly perspective. And that's what God does for us when we start to go through that process where we reflect on that situation more openly, whether it's self-reflection or trying to understand the context of what happened in that situation. I love what Ephesians 6 verse 12 says. It says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the powers, against the rulers, against the authorities and the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so we've got to understand, so often we make it all about what is happening between us and that other person. But there is something so much bigger at work here. There is something that is fighting for your freedom and fighting to rob you of that. And when we can step back and we can see that it's not a war between us and them, but there is so much more fighting for our salvation, there is so much more at work. And when we can see it for what it is, we can start to project our prayers to the right place. And we can start to bring ourselves to a point of awareness of what we've got to guard ourselves for. Because so often we make it about the other person and it's got nothing to do with them. The enemy is just using that situation to rob us. And so the war is not against flesh and blood. And so it's important to understand the context. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. says. He says, contemplating forgiveness reminds us that our sense of injury plays an important part in how we perceive wrongdoings committed against us. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Listen to that. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. Isn't that so true? When we start to get a bigger picture of what's going on, when we get out of the tent and we see it for what it is, we can start layering things like empathy and compassion and honesty and understanding and taking personal ownership for our part. And as we do that, we start to change the narrative of our past and we are able to step into forgiveness and that fullness of that emotional type of forgiveness. And so we've got to get that godly perspective. And the next point that I want to make is that what wounded us doesn't have to hold us. What wounded you does not have to hold you don't stay captive in that tent jesus has come to give you the power to overcome that wound you know i love when we go back to the story in of jesus and when we actually read it from john and towards the end of his life and here he is and he he literally is um just risen from the dead and one of his disciples Thomas is just like, I can't even get my head around this and I've got to see it to believe it. I need to see where the nails went into his hands to know that it's really him that's been risen from the dead. And so Thomas is like, no, where are you? I've got to see you, Jesus. And Jesus comes up to Thomas and is like, Thomas, I've heard that you need to see these scars. Let me show them to you. Touch them, touch them right there. You see, in that moment, what Jesus is doing is he's showing Thomas that He has overcome the cross. He has overcome the death. He has overcome the wrongdoings that have done been done against us. And this gives us the power to overcome in our own lives. You see, it's not about denial. It's not saying it didn't happen. He's saying, here, Thomas, look, it happened. It happened and it wasn't okay, but it happened. We are not denying it. We do not deny that the cross happened. Jesus is on the cross, literally in that moment, forgiving people. He is not denying that the wound happened. We are not denying that. Yes, it happened. But even so, Jesus has given us the power to forgive others. We don't forget the cross And so when we look at our situation and when we understand the power to overcome that God has given us, then we know that what wounded us doesn't have to hold us. We don't have to be held captive by that. We can have a new future for our lives. We do not have to be defined by that hurt anymore. It does not have to hold you. You know, sometimes it's easier to forgive when the person has gone from our lives. Maybe they've died or, or moved to a place that we don't have contact with them and it can be easier to forgive. And, and other times when that person is very much still a part of our lives, maybe it's through a custody situation or maybe we actually still have to work with them. Maybe we bump into them at family functions. And so that person is still kind of in our lives It can make it even more harder to forgive and that 70 times 7 scripture comes very much alive and challenges us in that moment. But I want to let you know that forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness takes faith. It takes us to look at the scars of Jesus and say, because he overcome, I too can overcome. Forgiveness is not something that you'll just come to a point of feeling like. Forgiveness takes faith. Faith in the one who has overcome for us. You know, sometimes it's not the forgiveness for other people that can really trip us up, but it's actually those self inflicted nails that can hurt. Those things that we regret, that we have done, that we have fallen short. And those things, and we can forgive other people, but man, we can struggle to forgive ourselves. You know, the enemy, he loves to keep hammering in those nails. He loves to remind you of when you stuffed up. He loves to taunt shame in front of you. He loves to hold you captive. He loves to let you know that you are worthless and there's no point carrying on. That's what he loves to do. He loves to hurl those accusations at you. But you need to understand the truth that when Jesus went to the cross, in that moment when he looked at those accusers and those people that had whipped him and beaten him and mocked him, he wasn't just saying to them, I forgive them, Father, but he was saying that for all of humanity. You see, your shame, your stuff up that you regret so deeply now is nailed to the cross he has overcome your shame. He has overcome your guilt. He has overcome so that you can overcome. And when we look at those situations, whether it was things that other people did against you or the self-inflicted nails, when we look at those situations again, we can see them, we can say, yeah, that was hard and yes, it happened. I fell short, it happened. They robbed me, it happened. I ruined that relationship, it happened. They abused me, it happened. But I look at that situation now, and I can layer over empathy, and I can layer over self-ownership, and I can layer over the power of God that He has given me and I can see that situation now and I don't have to feel that anger and that rage and that bitterness and that intense frustration or that anxiety, but I can look at that and I can say in that hurt, God has strengthened me. God has empowered me to overcome. I am not the same person because of what He has done for me. And so today you can walk into freedom. And I want to let you know that maybe you jumped online today and you listening to this message and you came on feeling despondent, like you didn't have any hope and you didn't know where to go. I want to let you know that you have come to the right place. You see, God says that he has come to cover all. There is nothing that you have done that means that you are discounted from receiving his love and his power. And so I would love to say that for this next seven days, perhaps we could start to apply and we could start to make commitments to bring this forgiveness as a way of life. That we could commit to forgiveness, that 70 times seven type approach. That we can take this and we can start going through that honest and difficult process of self-reflection. Or maybe we have to acknowledge that there's a grief process to be had, and, and maybe there's that, that understanding that we just need to take hold of, that we've got to have faith that because He overcame, we can overcome. And so whatever it looks like for you, I want to just say that this would be the most important thing you can do. We heard about it in Mark as to why it's so important for our lives, and that's the truth that comes straight out of the Bible. And I want to see you walking in the fullness that God has for you, and that is my prayer today that you would experience the hope and the joy that comes from this. Because I know, and, and as we heard even earlier in this message, there is a new outlook that can come on our lives as we let go of those things that we've been trapped by. We get out of that tent and we walk in the freedom through forgiveness, through the power of Jesus Christ. Bless you.